So, uh, look, what were you just saying, man? You, you, you got guys like Sonny Gray, Julio Tehran, and your fantasy team, but you don't know what So I was saying do. this, and I, I sound like I'm complaining, like I'm being complaining, and I guess maybe I am complaining a little bit, but I'm not really complaining because, like in Major League Baseball, I believe in run differential. Like, I believe if you have a... a, a a good run differential, eventually your team is going to start to show wins. Like over the course of a long season, you're going to have some wins under your – like you're not going to go – you know, like with the run differential that the Yankees had last year, there's no way that they weren't going to make the playoffs. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, so what was I – so what I'm saying is my run, my point differential in my fantasy league isn't good, but it's not because I'm not scoring points. It's because, it's because I'm allowing a lot of points. And now the difference is – is that I can't control how many points my opponent scores. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is that eventually um that number has to like correct itself. There's no way that I'm gonna just continue to be allowing this many points every single week. And and so what I was saying was that I'm also struggling because I feel like my team is good enough because I'm I'm having a hard time deciding like if i should drop or pick up a player in in uh through waivers and stuff like if you need an extra starter or something like i know yeah. that sunny gray and julio Tehran are not even cc sabathia perhaps or julio julio uh urias however you say his name um oh you, know, you have julio Urias. i thought i thought uh i thought lod had him nah he dropped him and i picked as soon as i saw him on the on the waiver that's one guy i knew i had to get because no, yeah, he's 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 like a star in the making. I got it. He's a star in the making, and he's has you know he was hyped, and then he got hurt, forgotten about, and I think he still has good stuff. So I picked him up. So I'm having a hard so, time deciding who to you know like if I want a starter. Let's say I don't want to I don't want to just drop Sonny Gray. I know that most people in our league are gonna say like he sucks or whatever, but in in all reality, he's he hasn't given me any negative points so far. He did the first game. He gave me a negative ten, but since then, he's given me a solid, solid seventeen points. Yeah, there's there's really no pitching this year, especially when you look at all the aces that are getting rocked, right? So there's really no pitching, especially in the beginning of the year. So keeping Sonny Gray on your team is not the worst thing, but then you can't get mad when he does shit the bed, you know? That's the, that's and, the uh, problem. And that's the problem with with Julio Tehran, too, is that he'll give you a game where he's going to shut out the opponent for seven innings, but he's also going to give you a game where he's going to allow, like he did on 420, holla, <laughs> where he went, where in 4.2 innings, he allowed five earned runs, a home run, and seven hits, and he gave me a negative six. You know what I mean? But well, by he, the same token, the start before that, he gave me 21 points, which is decent. So I don't, you know what I mean? Well, let me ask you something. What happened? What happened? You're in luck, Manny, because you're talking to a fantasy guru over oh, here. Oh, Jesus Christ. So let me ask you something. Whatever happened to uh, Faltenowitz? So he was supposed to start last last week, and uh, they okay. decided to give him one more start in the mi- in the minors. Which he so he was doing really good in the minors, and uh, they decided to give him one more, you know, just in case or whatever. I guess because the Braves are struggling with their pitching, they want to make sure that this guy who who is supposed to be their ace this season is ready to go. They don't want another IL situation for him, but he got killed in that start. <laughs> but so he's still he's still um, slated to start. He's ready to go, so he's slated to start on um, on Saturday now. All right, well, I'm looking at your team, and I got to say, you know, he, Fulte's coming back, but maybe you could have gotten rid of Rich Hill. I know it was a good move to keep him on your IL, 
wish he had those two IO slots, but maybe you could have moved Holtzik back into that, pick up another, you stream another pitcher to get more points. But I'm going to say this. You, you, you got a good thing with Boyd. You drafted I love him Boyd. on the, I love yeah, Boyd. But, you, but you drafted him on the 25th round. Now, there's a reason he was drafted on the 25th round and not earlier because clearly nobody thought he was going to have this season. So just expect him. I think, he was, an, I think he was an unknown. Like, I'm not going to yeah. lie. I was keeping an eye on him. I'm not surprised that he dropped to 25, but I, I didn't know he was going to be this good so far. But yeah, well, I didn't expect him to be bad either, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. that Right now you're getting production out of Matthew Boyd. You're not getting that much production out of Bumgarner. So you got to think that the two are going to balance each other out. Like, Bumgarner is going to bounce back as an elite pitcher. But I actually expect Boyd to kind of regress a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you got Derek Rodriguez, young pitcher you don't really know. Julio Tehran and Sonny Gray, I think they're going to do more bad than good. But like I said, there's really not that much pitching. Uh, Jock Peterson, to me, doesn't – he's never panned out to me as, like, a great fantasy player, even though he's killing it right now because I just th- – that's just my opinion. You could take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ozzie Albies, good player. But, you know, he's he slumped last year for a good amount of time. Uh, I don't know about Machado in his first year as a contract. I mean, I want him to do good, but you just don't even hear about him anymore. You know, like I hear more about Fernando uh, Tatis, Tatis Jr. Yeah. than Machado, and I hear more about Paddock, their their prospect mm-hmm. starting pitcher, that than Machado. So either Machado's not producing, or he's staying out of the light, or whatever. And I, I don't really think he is producing that much as he should. Mm-hmm. I, so, so I that's guess what the thing. S- that, but that's the thing. If you look up and down my lineup, right, and, and my rotation. Is there someone that you feel comfortable that you would feel comfortable with if this was your team dropping to pick up somebody else in 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 the waiver wire? Kevin Kiermaier. See, the, here's the thing with Kiermaier. You're right. He's the one guy that I that I'm willing to drop to, but I just Kevin he Pol- was so bad last year that I feel like there has to be a, an overcorrection this year and he's going to have not a monster season. I don't think he's a 30 home run guy. But I think he could steal some bases. He'll get he'll get his share of hits. You know, he'll give you uh, stats in those kinds of areas. Like he already has three three triples, six doubles. You know what I mean? Those are those are a lot of points. Yeah. What, what what's good with Brandon Nimmo? Why are you? Uh, Brandon why? Nimmo is. <laughs> I think he's underrated. A and B. He gets on base a lot. He doesn't strike out that much. So in, okay. in my mind, he's not gonna. He he may not elevate my team, but he's not going to hurt it either. Okay, well, and I think that I, I have I have Manny Machado, uh, Villar, you know, Villar is is a good second baseman too. Nolan Arenado, Tommy Pham is going to be is well, he has been good so far this season. Jeff McNeil, I picked up on purpose as well. I I had a feeling he was going to have a breakout season. I think he's a, he's the fastest met to reach. I think it was a hundred hits or something like that. Um, that's not saying much. It's the Mets. Uh, <laughs> I have Jose Ramirez. I feel like my offense is fine. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I can go toe to toe with any team offensively. I think where my team is weak is in pitching, and I gave up Clayton Kershaw for Jose Ramirez. But Jose Ramirez, got, I think, is a better. But you got Fulte coming. You got Fulte coming back. All right. So if I had to make a suggestion on your team right now, I would try moving Jock Peterson now that his value is at the all time high. And I know it's not easy because he looks like he's your highest point scorer. But if it were me, and again, you don't have to do this, and I don't want you to do this and then find out that you did the wrong decision. <laughs> but if, if I was con- on control of your team, I would flip Jock Peterson for a more solid player, whether like. it's 
oh, now I got to look at other teams. Oh, well, I got, I'm I just saying to, that's the thing. You have to think of it that way. Like, no, in this know. case, in this case, I would flip Jock Peterson for a pitcher. Yeah, I know in an ideal world, but I know exactly what you're saying that you have to sell high. Our team has evolved, unfortunately, and <laughs> nobody's we, gonna fall yeah. for that shit anymore. <laughs> no, no. What do you What do you mean nobody's gonna fall for? It's Jock. I mean, you can Jock Peterson right now is at. Put it this way, he's at the season ninety three points for the season. Your next highest offensive player is at seventy one, Jonathan Villar. Yes, and think about Tommy Pham was is killing it this year. He's only at a sixty four. You really think Jock Peterson is this much better than all your other players? You're right. Maybe somebody's not going to fall for it, but that's why you have to group it with a Julio Tehran or a Sonny Gray and kind of, you know, sell yeah, yeah. that. It's not, now, but it's not that I think that he's so much better. It's that I think that he's the highest point getter right now. But Nolan Arenado is going to come around. There's no way in hell that he's in, he's going to continue to have the kind of season he's having in fantasy. Um, but wait, but real quick, if you look at the averages, he's averaging three points a game. That is a Nolan Arenado. That I mean, he's better than three points a game, but that's a solid all-star player right there oh yeah you're you're getting an average of three points a game but he hasn't had that like big game yet he only has three home runs on the season two I doubles you know what i mean he hasn't he hasn't carried the team in a week like you need well, in a fantasy league you need one of your stars to explode you know what i mean like but i i've just had solid consistent play from the from my players none of them have 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 exploded i haven't had a single player who's had a monster week yet I'm just getting maybe Jock Peterson, Kike Hernandez here and there will give me a a mm-hmm. game or two. But as far as the Manny Machados of the world and Nolan Arenados, I just got Jose Ramirez. Even Madison Bumgarner has had good games, but he hasn't carried Exploded. the team. You know what I'm saying? I get you. What I'm saying is three points a game is a pretty good amount of production. So don't expect Arenado and Machado to be uh, Christian Yelich for like a month because i don't y'all even i don't think christian Lynch can keep this up this is crazy hell no he's on pace he's on pace to hit like 70 something home runs yeah well did you did you see this i forgot where the hell is i saw it on twitter somewhere in the, the last list 80 of like games, projections in the last 80 games he has like 38 home runs or something like that yeah it's crazy that's half a season that's on pace yeah. for 80 <laughs> i hope and and at the beginning of the season i i said judge no not judge i said chris davis maybe not on the podcast but i definitely said this in our fantasy league that i thought chris davis was gonna hit 60 home runs this year mm. and i do think one of those guys might hit 60 home runs this year i mean bellinger yelich even chris davis i think he's still on pace to hit 60 home runs yeah. uh he hasn't hit he hasn't hit one in a minute but you know well chris davis is suddenly he's hot all of a sudden uh, well i'm talking about oh, uh okay. crush yeah okay Chris with a K, with a K. K Chris K. with a K, yeah. Chris, gotcha. Chris with a C is, yeah. He's hot, but I'm not buying into that. No, hell no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch that guy with, with your dick, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get nice and graphic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We've been talking about your dick a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And let's let's take a look at your team since you feel the need to dissect my team as if like you're some sort of fantasy guru or some shit. I like to think that I am a little bit of a fantasy guru, but go ahead, yeah, dissect my I, team. I brought you into this world, all right? I can take you out of it. <laughs> God, it's hot in my room. <clears throat> I like right. my team, but it's it's not a hundred percent right now, as you can see. Uh, the judge injury really killed me. Starling Marte collides with with his teammate, and he's he just got back from a day to day stint. Collides with his teammate on his day back, ten day DL. Joey you know, Votto, 
you know what's funny about when you look at I was I was thinking this today because I was breaking I was breaking things down doing some research because I am 0-3, although I feel like I should have squeaked out a win or two there. Like I feel like the Sandy game, I should have been able to win that, and Gus's game, I should have been able to win. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's a long season. We still have games to play. Um, but when I was looking at stats, you can tell how people think view baseball by the way your stats are. Like If you go on the standings and you sort like who has the most singles, who has the most doubles, who has the, home, the most home runs, stuff like that. Yeah, you're, you're saying that uh the the best pitching stats are for teams like the crabs or something right like pitching heavy yeah cuz they believe in pitching so they're going or and and luigi in uh the dragons too they they yeah. always have you know really good pitching stats offensive stats i feel like i've always had a lot of guys with home runs and a lot of guys with walks and yeah. what do i happen to believe in the whole analytics stuff right so it's weird and then you always have guys that are slap hitters, a lot of guys who steal a lot of bases, things like that. Like, it's it's really strange yeah, how it fits our personalities in a way. Yeah, and I always believe that you have to carry at least three relief pitchers. Which I think uh, all caps believes a similar uh, strategy. But, yeah, it, there's no one right way to win in no. this league. Obviously, you have to have stars in your team, but there's no one right no. way to lead. And And I need people to stop looking at, how many points I've put up because if if the opponents that I were facing did more in the week, it would have forced me to stream pitchers as everybody else does. So I didn't do that because I was like, I'm not going to risk that this guy's going to get rocked today. Yeah. So bottom line is that I'm 3-0 and and I this week is going to be kind of tough for me because like I said, I got hit with some injuries and I'm already starting off the day. I think I only have six players going. All my relief pitchers pitched yesterday, I think. Uh, for some reason, my opponent has two starting pitchers and a full lineup minus one guy that's like on the DL. Oh, today. And yeah. And I'm just like, and I, I, this happens almost every week. I have like a day where I only, I have like half my lineup and I don't even have that many pitchers to start. So, well, I uh, think that you and I, I think last season toward the end of the year, I started making a lot of moves, but typically I don't, I don't make a lot of moves either. I don't feel the need to do that. Like things things got desperate last year so there were times where i was dropping like all my good players and just picking up a ton of pitchers that were slated to start on a sunday and shit that trick you guys figured out you bastards and um Wait, but- how long how long do you want this episode to be because I could break down everything that you just accused me of right there, or accused <laughs> accused of us. I, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to spend another fifteen minutes on that. No, no, no. Right? We'll, I've, I've dedicated way too much time on that topic. Back no, to we'll we'll wrap this up in a minute. But I'm just saying, you no, you're absolutely right. I'm not. So when I when I made my comment this morning, I woke up and I saw that I had lost the game and CT won his game, and I was like, what the fuck? Like CT doesn't give up his team or not his team. His opponents don't score any runs against him. But my opponents like show up all of a sudden when they're against me. I know that that has nothing to do with either of us. It's just me being a little bitch and complaining. So yeah, do don't it. get offended by it. And like I said, at some point in life, you're gonna lose a game. That it happens. And at some point in life, I'm gonna win a game. There was one season where my team sucked. I think it was two years ago, and I rattled off like a ten game winning streak. And I'm pretty sure that I didn't score a lot of points in that ten game stretch. It it just happened that that I got on a lucky streak. Combined with some good moves that I made, and and it just happened that way. But um, well, you got a good team, man. I'm a Bills fan. Do you think I complain that we have to face the Patriots twice a year? Uh, no, no. We rise to the occasion. <laughs> we want to be. We want to face the best. So I'm. I think things will start balancing out. It sucks, but that's why you have to 
have to try to win the ones that you're you're in the on the verge of winning. You need to pick up that picture. You need to do your research. Pick up that extra picture that's going to get you those ten points. As long as it's positive, negative points you can't. Obviously, they suck. But when when I when I saw the kind of week that uh, the Mahikos were having, you know. Mm-hmm. I I every day I had to think like do I take the chance here? I took one chance to stream one pitcher, Ivan Nova, he got me negative one points. Mm-hmm. That didn't really make a big difference. But the point is is that you know you have to you have to make the effort to win that one take it day by day. Yeah. That's my advice. Take it day by day. Make the best effort that you can to win that game because now, thank God I'm three and zero. I see a a battle. It's gonna be a battle for me to win this week because I really do think Moby Dick has the best team so on paper so far it's gonna be you know a battle to win it but if i lose at least i won the first three to give myself like a cushion yeah no and the same here and that's kind of how i started with this thing was that i was i'm i don't i'm afraid to drop some of my guys because i feel like yes they're not maybe they're not the best play the best players in the sport but they're 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 not gonna hurt me as bad as some other players have and i picked up Mark Fires, run of the mill pick. Um, I believe they were playing in Oakland, that has big foul territory. He was doing good through two innings, and all of a sudden he exploded and gave me a negative twelve. And that was, you mm-hmm. know, that's the first one of the first pickups that I've made for a starting pitcher, and it bit me in the ass. Yeah. Um, and then with as far as Fulty and with Rich Hill, I picked up Rich Hill, believe it or not, and I put him on the IL after I traded away Clayton Kershaw. Because he is a decent pitcher, and when he comes back, he's not going to... I don't believe that he's the kind of pitcher that's going to consistently give you negative points. So I, I kind of believe in him, so I'm going to keep him there. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I think we spent too much time on fantasy, man. Let's uh, start the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just start the episode. What's up, everybody? It's the Welcome to the Show podcast brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show to get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. CT, what's good? What's good, Manny? Uh, good day for me. How is it for you? <laughs> a good day, man. Why is it a good day? What's going on? Well, Did you, uh... well the Red Sox swept the first place Rays. Mm. So for at least today, since they don't play today, all is right with the world. Okay. Let's hold on to that thought for a second because we're going to talk about that a little bit later. I just want to let everyone know that on Thursday, Nick Francona will join us to discuss Nick Francona. Basically, we're going to talk about Nick Francona uh, growing up, you know, son of Terry Francona. Uh, joining the Marines, serving our country, working for the Dodgers and working for the Mets, and then what he's up to now. So look out for that episode. Nick Francona, Nick Francona will be here on Thursday. And then for today, we're going to talk about Christian Yelich or Cody Bellinger, who's the NL MVP. We're going to talk about the Yankees. The injury bug continues. We're going to talk about the Red Sox. Are they back on track? We're going to talk about Albert Pujols and where he belongs on the all-time list. And we're also going to discuss some some recent news that came out that Porter Fisher had kind of hinted at in the in our last interview. It's a story that isn't being talked about that much, so we want to make sure we give that some some time because you know we we want to be the kind of podcast that informs you on what's a, what's actually going on. 
um, and not not bullshit around the issues. So, um, s- since you mentioned the CT, let's just stick with the Red Sox real quick. The Red Sox uh, uh, swept the f- the first pl- place Rays for writing a four game losing streak. They're coming back home. They were supposed to play today, Monday, but instead they're going to be a d- there's going to be a double header uh, on Tuesday, and that's the start of a ten game stretch in which they're going to face the Tigers, the Rays, and the A's. Um, the A's, by the way, are riding a losing. Uh, not is it the A's? Yeah, the A's are also riding a losing streak. They lost to the Toronto Blue Jays this weekend. Um, could this be an opportunity for the Red Sox to get to get back on track? What do you think, CT? Uh, yeah, as long as they, I, I mean, obviously, it starts with Chris Sale. He's he's uh he was supposed to start today. Um, this to me, this is make or break for Chris Sale, man. Like the team just came off a, a sweep, a great sweep by the way and those games weren't easy as well and uh, the game they came down to the wire but um chris sale for me like this he needs to get it done in this next start or i definitely can see him having a bad start and the red sox sending him to the il for 10 days because mm-hmm. even if there's nothing wrong with him i know i know organi- organizations do this they send their player to the il after like a bad couple of starts just to you know they come up with some bullshit i have some soreness in my shoulder shoulder or whatever um, but for me, Chris Hill needs to get it done here because enough is enough already. <laughs> your 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 velocity's back, according to the last star. Your velocity's back, and it's the Tigers. Uh, man up! Don't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as we, I feel like if we split the series with with Tigers, I mean we should win that series. But if we split, it's a four game uh, stretch. If we split the series, I like it. I'm I'm yeah. good with that because I I can't ask for more. The rest of us have been asked to start the season. You know I would like them to win the series against the Tigers, but I feel like they need to focus on just winning two games out of that and then move on from there to the next series and so on. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that the I think that this is a good opportunity for the Red Sox. They they typically play good at home, like any other team. Um, they're facing a, a bad Tigers team. Uh, who by the way, the Yankees couldn't really beat that much to start the season. But anyway, it um, and Chris sale, like you said, his velocity is, is kind of back like, against the Yankees last week. He was touching 97 and he got out of two innings where he looked like Chris sale. And then all of a sudden he imploded. Um, and sometimes guys just have bad starts. Maybe yeah. he is back. And that was just one of those bad starts that he's going to have moving forward. But something tells me that he's back. Something tells me that he's going to have a good start tomorrow. If he, if he, you know, if they give him the start, uh against the tigers and uh and we're fucked i'm I'm more (laughs) nah i don't i'm not i wouldn't say that it just doesn't seem like anything is going right so far i know it's just april Mm -hmm. last year i remember april being kind of crazy because the mets were killing it the red sox were killing it but at the same time there was a rain out almost every day we haven't we haven't experienced that yet Mm -mm. uh it's just april i get it but so far everything is just upside down for me chris sale i don't need the shutout start I don't need the 10K start. I need him to just go six innings. Whether he gives up five to six runs, six innings, grind it out. Okay, five to six runs is crazy. I, I don't want that either. But I'm more interested in him going the distance than him king everybody and, you know, all that other stuff that comes along with being an ace. I'm right. more interested in him giving it, giving length because uh, we, we, we exhausted our bullpen a little bit over the weekend. And shout out to Brazier for, you know, Stepping up in that closer role, back to back nights yeah, against man. the Rays, and we got it done. Um, 
it's just a weird fucking season so far, man. It is. Brazier, who came out of nowhere last year, uh, is your best reliever, and he's he's pitching like like a shutdown reliever. Like like he's a yeah. real deal. Probably he might have the best relief stats in baseball right now, aside from Josh Hader. But uh, which is I don't you know where did he, I think he didn't he like walk onto the team or some shit? I don't even know. I'm not even sure, but I'm I'm not I'm not like looking at that bullpen you know with with uh brazier and barnes i'm okay with that but it starts with our starting pitching like that's yeah. that's still our strength in that in terms of pitching like it's not like you know you can make the argument for the yankees paxton's been great but their bullpen is still like that strength mm-hmm. of the of the in terms of pitching um yeah. but yeah I'm, I'm not i'm happy they stepped it up but if i'm to believe that everybody's gonna start playing the way they're supposed to play and then we're st- we still need to improve on in that department Kimbrel, <laughs> you okay? God bless something you. Thro- something in my throat. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, and then you hear news today that Nathan Eovaldi is going to be out four to six weeks. Something tells me it's going to be more than that. It's never just four to six weeks. Um, he's yeah. having surgery, for God's sakes, to remove loose bodies in the right elbow. Um, according to Bob Nightingale, this is a tweet from Bob Nightingale, who tends to get shit wrong sometimes, but how could you get this one wrong? The surgery is going to include shaving a bone in Nathan Yovaldi's elbow in hopes that it doesn't reoccur after missing two months in 2018 with the Rays. So does that concern you at all? So now you you had a rotation that included Chris Sale, David Price, Nathan Yovaldi, Erod, and Rick Porcello. Suddenly you lose Nathan Yovaldi, who is probably your number two, number three starter. Are you concerned about your rotation now? Hell yeah, I'm concerned. And I'm not confident in in uh eduardo rodriguez i've given up on eduardo rodriguez since like the mid last season <laughs> uh the only, i guess the only positive i'm if i'm really really trying to look at the silver lining in all this is that evaldi had the similar injury and surgery last season and when he came back he was great he was lights out yeah yeah and i don't even really know what to think anymore because like let me just complain about two things real quick one thing is that we can't get mad at Nathan Avaldi. This is who Nathan Avaldi is. What we've seen in the last couple of days, even last season, he's either good or he's bad. He's not like he's not like a David Price that's gonna like give you just a normal start, like like a like a professional should. So this is what Nathan Avaldi is. But something I I need to understand is why why did the Red Sox have Steve Pierce batting third in uh I don't know if it was Saturday's game or Sunday's game. I'm gonna like, tell you, I'm gonna tell you why. And a lot of Red Sox fans don't believe this. They think that Alex Cora is some sort of magician or some shit. But the Red Sox are just like any other organization. It's because of with analytics. The, with, the, with the analytics, okay, cool. The analytics, but what what analytics come into play when you have like we got JD Martinez batting behind mm-hmm. Steve Pierce? If the, if it's really about analytics, who gets on base more? Well, that's the isn't thing. That, isn't isn't I, that the guy that you want right. more at bats? And this is this is where like where with me analytics goes a little too far. Like I am a, a big on al- analytics and stuff. For me, I, I feel like for me it's more of a comparison of players. But when you get to the nitty gritty of things, sometimes you go too far. And I bet you, I don't know this. Don't fact check me, but I I guarantee you that somewhere in the analytics, the the matchups between. Steve Pearson, whoever the starting pitcher was that day, favored the matchup between the starting pitcher and J.D. Martinez or whoever whoever, whoever it is you're talking to. But you and I know 
the eyeball test. This is where the eyeball test goes over analytics that J.D. Martinez is a better hitter than Steven Pierce. So I don't care who the hell he's facing. I want J.D. Martinez to get more at-bats. That's that, like that's my bottom line. You know what I'm saying? I don't care who it is. I want my yeah. best players to get the most at-bats. And you know what? Let me just throw this in there because I could be wrong about this. I'm almost I'm like 50-50 remembering it that Mitch Moreland started the game and Steve Pierce came in as, you know, to pinch it for him. I guess maybe there was a matchup. But even then, Mitch Moreland is a better is a way better option right now than Steve Pierce. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If it was a lefty-lefty matchup, fuck it, man. Like that's not even a thing anymore in MLB, you know? Like nobody really does matchup to matchup things. Like you either hit or you don't. And I think, I think in, Mitch Moreland I think in MLB it's it's an, it is matchup to matchup, but it doesn't involve lefty righty lefty righty that i don't think that exists anymore i think it's more like you know mitch moreland does good against ted ted bundy is that his name ted bundy what the fuck is that guy's name dylan dylan bundy dylan bundy ted bundy is a, a psychopath isn't but. ted bundy isn't ted bundy the married with the children no that's guy? al bundy <laughs> al bundy <laughs> ted, ted bundy was a serial killer i think oh man yeah, I think it was a serial killer in the seventies or something. Maybe not. I, I feel like like uh, Ron Burgundy now. San Diego. He has his own podcast. I hear the commercial all the time, and I'm like, dude, like, give it up already, man. Who? Anchorman Al Bundy. To, no, uh, fucking uh, this guy, the guy we just mentioned. Oh, Dylan, Dylan Bundy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Will Ferrell's character. Oh, oh yes, Anchorman, Anchorman. Yeah, that character has a podcast. Not yeah, yeah. not Will Ferrell. The my God, what is his name? I, I watched his no, movie like a thousand times. No, it is Will Ferrell as 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 Ron Burgundy. Yeah, it's Ron Burgundy has a podcast. Yeah, right. It's Will Ferrell playing Ron Burgundy in a podcast. Yeah, Anchorman Two sucked. Oh, what's the point? What's the point of all that? Whoa. All right, let's get back to before we this gets violent. Chill. All right, just. Relax and let's get back no, to your point here. Wait a second, you're not gonna sit here and tell me Anchorman Two was a good movie, right? It wasn't a good movie, but th- the first time that you watched Anchorman One, did you think it was a good movie? Yeah, I did. Oh, bullshit! Nobody thought Anchorman One was good I in the, at God. first. In the second yeah, viewing, you saw the genius in it. But the first viewing, I remember, I went to the movies to see Anchorman One, and I left, and I never leave during movies. I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And then I got high one day, I put it on, and it was like the funniest movie I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I've never watched Anchorman high, but I thought Anchorman was funny the first time, and every other ten times that I've seen it, that was before Steve Carroll even had like a career. I think. Yeah, he was in um, Bruce Almighty. He was he he, yeah. he was like Bruce's uh, rival or some shit. Anyways, I thought it was a good movie. <laughs> you didn't agree to disagree <laughs> no i i think anchorman is a classic now i could watch that any time but the first time i watched it i didn't like it and it was the same thing oh. with anchorman 2 i was like what the fuck what like this movie is so stupid and then i rewatched it and i was cracking up half the time well, i think it's that I thought, kind of movie well i thought anchorman 1 was funny the first time and i continued to watch it and anytime it's on tv i watch it i thought anchorman same. 2 was bad and i have not rewatched it so what i'm gonna do for you is i'm gonna rewatch it thank you all right watch it Especially the scene where they put the car on autopilot and they think that it, it can actually drive on autopilot and they all sit in the back of the car. You don't remember that? No. I, that's how bad I thought that movie. I only wow, remember yo. like I only remember like the battle royale and Will Smith comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And then I the w- ghost of and then the ghost of like Hugh Grant or something <laughs> comes out and 
That's I lit- such a dumb movie. <laughs> I, I literally started crying when they put it on autopilot and everybody just left. Like they thought that the car could just drive itself literally. And yeah, I don't know why. I thought that was funny. All right. <laughs> on to the point. <laughs> Do you remember what we were talking about? We were talking about the analytics, Steve Pierce batting in the third in the three hole. I, I I think now that I now I'm pretty sure that he pinched hit for Mitch Moreland that day. But still, Mitch Moreland's been on fire. Like he needs to hit over Steve Pierce at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Manny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what that's what we were talking about. <laughs> wow, I'm so lost. Uh real, so yeah. real quick, I think the I think the Red Sox are gonna be fine though. I'm I am worried about the rotation, but you know what? At this point, there's really not much we can do about it. We don't have that many options. We can't just go out and sign a pitcher that's out there mm-hmm. or improve the bullpen, even though I, we, we technically can. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried at this point. There's nothing we could do about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that your team is just too good for it to be over this quick. And yeah. I think in the Yankee game, Michael case, it said something, I don't remember what the exact stat was, but at, at that point, I think it was the second game in that two game series against the Yankees, which by the way, I hate two game series. I think they're so stupid. Just make yeah, it three or four, and that's it. And the Red Sox and Yankees series, the opening one is always two games, right? I don't know if it's it, always I know, two games. I know it was last year. But there's always a two-game series in there. But anyway, Michael K. Yeah. made a point that that where the Red Sox were at that point in the season, that I don't know how many X number of teams had been in that in that position, and only like 5% of them have made it to the postseason. So this is okay. So that's a that's an interesting stat and a and a fact or whatever. But those other teams aren't the Mookie Betts, JD Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Chris Sale. You know they're not that playing, Red Sox team playing in a division that you know the Yankees have all these injuries and with the Rays, who I really don't see the Rays winning the division. So yeah, you're I right. I don't know, man. I I, I just I, don't I, see it. I I would be have, surprised. No, the Rays have too many guys that are kind of like, oh, he's on a 40 on-base streak. Or, like, look at this guy. He's the first Rays to hit 10 home runs in 20 games. Like, they have too many of those. Even though the Red Sox season was magical last year, the Rays just have too many, like, Band-Aids on, on things that are just, like, you know, they're, they're, they're a pretend team is what, I, is what I'm, I'm just saying. They're pretending. Ooh. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the New York Yankees, CT. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Yankees injury bug continues, and the worst thing that could happen to the New York Yankees has happened. Aaron Judge strained his oblique, uh, and according to Aaron Boone, it was a significant tra- uh, strain. Initially, they said that his re- the return timetable wasn't sure. Wow, I sounded like a dork there because I had a booger. His return time wasn't sure. Now they're saying that he's not going to be back until the end of May, at least. And we know the New York Yankees. I keep saying this over and over again. When they yeah. say that the, that it's the end of May, that means he's not coming back until July, maybe August. I wouldn't be surprised. After the, all- after the All-Star break, probably. Yeah. So he's officially the 13th player to land on the IL this season. Among those players are Severino, Sanchez, Ellsbury, Batances, Hicks, Andujar, Bird, Gregorius, Stanton, and Tulowitzki. Um, I can't remember a team, and I know that they're my favorite team, and I sound like I'm making excuses. I'm not even trying to make an excuse. I'm just trying to make an observation here. 
I can't remember a team who's lost so many players before like this. Can you? No. Um, unless we're t- unless we're looking at like the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl, they had a lot of injuries, including like their starting quarterback. But in baseball, no, I can't. Rem- I mean, the closest thing was the Mets last year. Yeah. At one point of the season, but, but this but looks like more like half the season. You guys liter- are gonna be literally your your ace starter, your best player, your second best player, your the heart and soul of the team in Didi Gregorius, your rookie, you know, contact hitting, uh, third baseman. You know what I mean? Like I gotta, they, I don't don't take what I'm saying as a Red Sox fan. Just listen to what I'm saying though. And this is my thing with analytics and everything that goes along with numbers, right? The Yankees have all these injuries, right? But am I supposed to believe that they're they're supposed to be, you know, better than one game over 500 with what we saw in the first week and a half of when they had somewhat of a healthy team? You Absolutely know what I'm saying? Not. They should have they should yeah. not have lost game not well you you do lose games to the Orioles and the Tigers, but you shouldn't be losing series after series after series well, to to supposedly bad teams. Well, you guys you guys beat the Royals, right? So you beat the Red Sox. You lost a series to the White Sox, which to me wasn't your team is yeah, it wasn't your team is so injured. That was more yeah. of like a bullpen and pitching issue. In the beginning of the season it was more of a pitching issue. Yeah, but so, that, but that's why I think that's why the injuries hurt so much because you should have won those games. So now Yeah, but okay, now, but that's now your team is diminished when you're gonna go face good teams what's gonna happen you're gonna continue losing games you know that's no no no. yeah yeah you're you're i'm not i'm not looking don't i'm not looking into the future whatever happens from here on out if the yankees go on and don't win even they don't even win 70 games yeah obviously that's injury related but in but today as we stand they're 11 and 10 i think right yeah from what i saw from the beginning of the season till now am i supposed to believe that if the yankees had a full squad they'd be that much better than 11 and 10 because i mean yesterday your bullpen blew a six, uh, five-run lead in oh, the I mean, seventh inning. Yeah, so, I, I said that in a, in a previous episode. The problem with this team... Oh, no, it was in that emergency episode. The problem with the New York Yankees is that they don't finish games. They they don't know how to finish a game. And, and we're supposed yeah. to have... That was supposed to be the strength of our team is the power and the bullpen. And the bullpen has let us down. And the power has been good. I, I can't complain about the power. But... Yeah. um. But the problem with the power is that we can't win games unless we hit home runs because the only way this team can win games is if you're if you're like killing the other team. And but when it comes to close games, this team cannot hold a lead, and if they if they have a slim lead, they more than likely they're gonna blow it. And I don't know what and, the hell's going on. And I'm gonna be honest with you, like you, the way that the Dodgers were playing in the first week, they were they were just blowing teams out, right? Mm-hmm. that's that's what i mean to say like am i supposed to believe that a healthy yankees team was supposed to do this on any given night and win 120 games so that that's what i'm always trying to figure out like with analytics yeah you start putting analytics into mm-hmm. your team so what your team's automatically 10 games better no, how would anybody no, no, no. that's the thing about analytics is that it the reason why analytics lends itself to baseball is because it's such a long season analytics can't the way analytics works in baseball it can't work in football because there's only 16 games it's not that many games any any team could lose you could have a a a beast of a team in football and lose four games four or five games and that's you know that that you know you still have a good record a 12 and 4 record or a 11 and 5 record is good 
But we've seen the Pats when when Brady went down go eleven and five, I think it was, and not make the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in baseball, over the course of one hundred and sixty two games, if you follow the formula that the Yankees are following, you're gonna win ninety games because you have the players that can hit the home runs and get on base. But that's but then you get into the postseason where the sample it's a completely different season. The sample size shrinks. And, you know, you go on a bad stretch or your play, where your players are slumping or whatever and they don't have any other way to score runs, you're not going to win games. That's the problem with yeah. analytics. I get it. I get it. Uh, I was just saying that, you know, as good as a team that you can put on a baseball field, how good would the Yankees be if they had a full, healthy team? I still think we'd be looking at an 11 and 10, 12 and, 12 and 9 type of team. Um, and I'm not saying that, that, you know, that they suck because of that. I still think that's that's fair because even the Houston series, I know there were some injury. You guys had injuries then, but the Houston series was lost because of the bullpen. You guys had leads yeah. going into those games late yep. and it was the bullpen. The bullpen, the only, the only injury the bullpen has right now is Dellen Batances. So yeah, you know, right. I, fi- I figure Chad, Chad Green and Ottavino and all these guys should be able to get it done, especially when you're playing these lesser teams mm-hmm. like the Royals, but you saw what the Royals did. Yes. They lost the game anyways, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, I agree. It's, it's a very, agree. it's it's definitely very unfortunate, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not downplaying it. It's, it's a, very, it just sucks. The whole thing sucks for the Yankees right now. I agree. I agree that if the bullpen could finish out games, I said it in that emer- emergency podcast. This team could, I, I believe, I don't know at this point, but at, at that point in the season, they could have had like a nine and three record, but they're the going into the eighth inning. The team has a lead and they, you know, a slim leader. They're going with a tie and they somehow they manage to lose the game. And and championship teams don't do that. So, you know, I'm hoping that this team can turn it around. And if we make it to the postseason, hopefully, I think we, I think that we still will because, you know, Gary Sanchez is going to be coming back soon. John Carlos Stanton was only supposed to miss, miss 10 days. It's been over two weeks now. Um, he should be coming back soon. And, and you you should win games, even if, if Aaron Judge isn't on your team. You still have a good a good enough team that you should be able to win games. Yeah. Um, but so so what do they do now though? Now as they stand today, like what do you think they should do? Oh, another thing too, man. It's unfortunate, but Jesus Christ, do the Yankees get some magic rolling in that team? I mean, Clint Frazier has been on fire. <laughs> <laughs> DJ LeMahieu's solid. Yeah. You oh, got by Austin the way, Romine, all the naysayers. Of all, people. all the naysayers. For DJ LeMahieu, I'm not. This isn't an underdog shit or whatever. The whole Coors Field advantage. He's he's just fine playing outside of Coors Field. He's been probably yeah. our most solid player, like consistent player. Yeah. Uh, That's all I have to say. I was gonna say something about Luke Voigt, but you already know how that goes, man. That I think that guy is just like the riding that wave right now. <laughs> you think? I mean, he hasn't been that good. This year. He just seems to always hit a home run when you guys need it. Mm. He's like he's like Raul Ibanez in that one year. That you <laughs> oh, guys yeah. had him. Remember that? Raul Ibanez. That was the year that, that they benched A-Rod. And he came back. And they went to the postseason, I believe. Like yeah, they did. They went to, game. And yeah. they benched A-Rod for Ibanez in the ninth. And he hit a game-tying home run. And then he came up again like in the 10th or the 11th and hit the game-winning home run. That was such it was epic. Yeah. But then we yeah. lost. Yeah. Okay. I thought... That's how that story goes. Let's talk about Albert Pujols real quick. Albert Pujols passes Babe Ruth 
on the all-time home run, uh, RBI list. So the RBI didn't start getting calculated until 1920. So officially, Babe Ruth has 1992 RBIs. Um you know, with the whole David Neff thing, they went back and they calculated all the old ones. So technically, he has more than two thousand. But the official, his official number is nineteen ninety two. So Albert Pujols tied it with a double, and then he hit a home run to surpass Babe Ruth, and he stands alone in fifth place with nineteen ninety three, uh, one thousand nine hundred ninety three RBIs. He needs two more to tie Lou Gehrig and three more to tie Barry Bonds. So my God, by, by the end of this week or in two weeks. Uh, Albert Pujols is going to be like, what is that? Fourth, fifth, uh, fourth, third. He'll be in second place by himself or third place by himself. So A-Rod's in third place, right? A-Rod, yeah. A-Rod is yeah, up there. Uh, I think it's crazy how Pujols could come up with the bases loaded and jump from fifth place on the all-time list to third place mm-hmm. or fourth place, whatever it is. But I just find it super weird that, you know, that's how baseball is. Like nine, 1,993 for Babe Ruth. 95 for Lou Gehrig and 96 for Barry Bonds like and they played almost 100 years apart like yeah man and by the way interesting with Pujols' decline and he he has declined a lot over the last few years with the Dodgers if you're a believer in the RBI stat in that regard he's he's maintained a pretty consistent level of RBI production um since he joined the Dodgers I mean the Angels He's driven in 100 or more RBIs, one, two, three, four times in – he's been there eight years already. So half of his years there – well, and including this one, we'll see what happens this year. Yeah. Um, and he's hit 40, 30, 23. His homer numbers are, are declining, but they're still decent enough. I mean, he's not hitting for average yeah. like he used to. He's not getting on base like he used to. Um, but as he far as power out. production – he doesn't strike still, out still. Yeah, yeah, he still doesn't strike out a lot like he used to. Um, he still has more walks and strikeouts for his career. I guess that's just what Pujols is now. Like he's not the worst player in the league. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. not. He's not. He's not going to kill your team. But that contract will kill your team. Yeah. <laughs> you you know what I think with Pujols? I wonder because he gets six hundred at bats a year regularly. He's only yeah. he's not had six hundred at bats twice in his career, from what I see here. That's a, to me that's astonishing. And one of those years. Actually, both of those years he must have been injured because he played the fewest games of his career. Um, maybe Pujols at this point in his career, I don't know. He's he's probably hitting third or something. I bet. Maybe yeah. he should. Maybe he's more of a five hitter or something. Like maybe his his at bat should be limited. Maybe. Um, I'm just surprised. What surprises me about him is for the type of hitter that he is, and for the type of hitter that he used to be, his plate discipline is not good. A 289 yeah. on base and a 286 on base for two years, that's not good. No, I know. And I just think that just, I mean, I don't know, man. Pools fits the description of somebody that took steroids, man. I'm going to say it. <laughs> he fits the description of the guys that took steroids and dominated for a decade and then regret and then just declined heavy. <laughs> But again, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he took him. I'm just saying he fits the description. <laughs> yeah, either that or he's not really 39 or he ent- years old. Yeah, either that or he entered the league at 31 and now he's really <laughs> 49. almost 60. <laughs> almost 60. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Damn. 49, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that that could be it too, man. Who knows? I mean, oh, you're supposed God. to be in your prime like a 28 to 33. Yeah. I mean, what do you, so what do you think? Where do you place... So here's the first question, and this is obvious. 
Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Okay. Do you think that he should be, like Mariano Rivera became the first unanimous Hall of Famer, uh, do you think Pujol should be? Um, don't don't give me what do you think they're going to do. Tell me what you, like if you. What would I do? Well, yeah, I know I, what you would do. You said, yes, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But do you do you think he should be a unanimous Hall of Famer? I do think that he should be, but I don't think he will be because of how he's played in, yeah, in recent years. I agree. But, I mean, you're looking – I mean, you – there's only one other guy. In, if, you, if you average out his production, his first 12, 10 years, whatever it was, and you look at what he – he won three MVPs, and I think every time he came second, Barry Bonds won it. Yep. So you could make the argument if Barry Bonds didn't exist, we're looking at a guy that could have won five, six MVPs, right? Whatever. Uh, he he hit for power, hit for contact, everything. Dominated as a right hand hitter, like completely. So to me, and I've always said that if you're if you produce for sixty seasons, I I I'm, I'm looking at it like six seasons. He produced for more than that, like twelve seasons. Yeah. For me, that just instant Hall of Fame. Now you got a guy that did more than that. That to me should be you know. First ballot, unanimous, all that stuff. Played the game the right way. Never got caught for doing anything bad. Uh, I guess the only bad thing you can look at, and again, three World Series. Um, the only bad thing that you can attach to Poole's name is that he took a contract for more money when he could have stayed with the Cardinals for a lot of money still, but you know decided to take more money. That's like the only bad thing, I guess, if you look yeah. at that as a bad thing. But yeah, to me, he should be unanimous. I don't think he will be, though. Yeah, no, for um, me, the, the, my rationale with the Hall of Fame is that if you're a Hall of Fame player, you should be a Hall of Fame player. Like, there shouldn't yeah. be this whole, like, waiting around, first ballot, second ballot bullshit. Like, if you're a Hall of Fame player, which Albert Pujols clearly is in his time in St. Louis, he has a 1037 OPS. Um, he hit 30 or more home runs in each of his seasons with St. Louis. Well, Let's let's break it down this way. He hit thirty or more home runs in his first. Uh, how many years is that? Eight plus two is ten. His first ten seasons, he had a hundred or more RBIs every single season of his career except for one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Hall of like. There's no question that he's a Hall of Famer. So. I think he should be unanimous, but I agree with you. There's going to be some idiot voter out there that's going to take it away yeah, from they'll, him. They'll tell you, they'll they'll use like his last eight years of his career as like a reason why that you know what Hall of Famer do you know did this and that only batted two hundred or whatever whatever. But right. we well, know, and I, and I would say to them, how many Hall of Famers do you know? Nobody. Uh, how many Hall of Famers do you know that had had a, a, a stretch like Pujols had? I think. I bet you that if we can go back in time, and which we can technically, and look at a player's first 10, 11, or 12 years or whatever, I bet you that Pujols would rank number one in almost every category. Yeah, not even just the first. Use any use any player. Use the, uh, okay, maybe besides Barry Bonds and, like, you know, those super-duper Babe Ruth status type of guys. But mm-hmm. even Albert, I, I consider Pujols up there in terms of a hitter. And obviously he, he was a gold glove uh, fielder as well, but let's just talk offense because the offense is going to get him into the Hall of Fame. But take any player's best ten years throughout his career, scattered throughout his career, and mm-hmm. just compare them to Pujols' first ten years. And you know, it's I I doubt that there's 
anybody that really compares besides like Barry Bonds or again like Babe Ruth. I agree. Maybe I Trout agree. now. One a hundred percent. I agree. I think that he's he he ranks up there as one of the greatest of all time. Like I know we say that. Excuse me about a lot of players. Like we say that about Alex Rodriguez too. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think that. Pujols is above A Rod. Like that's how good he is. I as think a he's, hit, as a hitter, yeah, I, I would put Pujols as above A Rod. Not defensively, yeah. as a hitter, yes, I agree. Yeah. I think I think it's like Ruth Bonds in terms of like domination, like a player who dominated. I think it's Ruth Bonds Pujols, and it, it might be Trout coming up next. If we're looking at numbers, yeah, I guess you, you got to put Babe Ruth up there. I don't like to throw out names like Babe Ruth because I didn't see him play. I I you know. I remember Barry Bonds in the majors, and it was ridiculous. So, yeah, I put Barry Bonds one, a little cushion. Then I'll put Pujols. Uh, and then third, maybe Manny Ramirez or A-Rod. Yeah. yeah Crazy, man. This, his offensive it's, production is was just otherworldly, man. Like It's at a point where you just reach GOAT. For me, it's where you reach the GOAT status, and I don't like to make a list after that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's well, fun to like you, debate and stuff. Do you think Pujols is goat status? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. There's like yeah, no course. doubt about it. No doubt. No. So doubt that's why it. you know people like to compare. It's, it's impossible to compare. Yeah. These different positions, different eras, different teams. You know, different sides of the plate, different stadiums. So to me, if you just if you did otherworldly Hall of Fame shit, then you're just at that goat status. You just get to sit at the table and that's it, you know? <laughs> yep. I concur. All right. Speaking of GOAT status, maybe we can make this a quick one uh, so we can give the, the, the biogenesis story some love. Uh, okay. Cody Bellinger is on another planet right now. And so is Christian Yelich. And this weekend you had one of the probably one of the the best moments of the year. I bet you that at the end of the season it'll still be like one of the things that people talk about. Yeah. The the Brewers faced off against the Dodgers. Yelich smacked what would have been his 14th home run of the season, which is would have been league leading as he still leads the league in home runs. And who robs him? Cody, Cody Bellinger. Bellinger. Yeah. Yep. And then what does Cody Bellinger do to finish the, to to top off the game? He smacks a home run <laughs> off Josh Hader. Off right? Josh Hader, of all people. Was it Josh Hader? I know he it hit was. a home run off Josh Hader in the weekend, but was it yesterday? I don't even... I forgot. I was watching... I was in the middle of, like, an Easter war. Yeah, no, uh, it was. You know? It was. It was off of Josh Hader. And so wow. this, this... this, I mean, that, show, that was, like, beautiful. It's, like, beautiful baseball right there. Um, so that, that sparked this question for me. It's early in the year. It's only 23 games in for each player. Um, who's your MVP right now? I'm giving it to Christian Yelich. Okay. I know Bellinger. I'm looking at the numbers. Bellinger looks like to have the more uh the more outstanding averages. And but I don't know the fact that Christian Yelich got his MVP last year and he's outplaying himself to start the season. I think it's pretty crazy. And I can definitely see Christian Yelich uh keeping it up the whole season just because Cody Bellinger fell off last season and had mm-hmm. like a a you know a not not the greatest sophomore season. I'm gonna go with Christian Yelich and what do as you my say, MVP. What do you say to people that will bring up that Christian Yelich has hit 13 home runs, but all of them have been at home? 
um i would say what's what what why are you bringing this up to me what's your <laughs> argument <laughs> that that maybe his numbers are inflated by by milwaukee nah man but like again where are the other 13 home run hitters on the on the milwaukee brewers lineup mm-hmm. and no i that's just <laughs> no and by the way christian yelich he What's the stat that I saw the other day? If he hits one more home run, he ties. I think he ties Pujols for most home runs before. Oh no, he had to do it already. I think he's on pace to hit the most home runs in April. It doesn't matter how he did it. Like it's it's on some other shit right now. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how he did it. And that's another argument for things like Coors Field. For all those play, games played at Coors Field, nobody has hit more home runs than Christian Yelich has. I guess at this point. Yeah. In and a, the, in April. And there you know? was something. So, there was something else that was crazy about Christian Yelich's streak is that I think something like eight or nine of those home runs have been against the St. The St. Louis, the, bleh, the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. A division rival. It's almost like, I don't know. There's just something about this kid. I don't, I don't buy into the home road splits with him either. I'm looking at his home road splits and there is a, a big, big difference, but I don't think that's what makes or breaks this guy. You saw him in the postseason last year. You saw him at the end of last year in the stretch. He carried this team. You have to win games at home, too. And like yeah. you say, I think that's the argument that topped it off for me when I used to bring up splits and shit. Who else can you name in a, in a Milwaukee Brewer uniform that has put up the kind of numbers that this kid has put put up? I saw something on Twitter yesterday. I wish I had it in front of me. Where in the last 80 games, I think he's hit like 38 home runs. Like He's on, yeah. he's on one of these unbelievable stretches that that you rarely see in baseball. And um, yeah, enjoy and- the ride, people. Yeah, and I also say with those splits, it's still early, so I think they'll they'll be closer in to each other as the season goes on. But I think it's so early that maybe his splits look really, really bad away because he's probably only played uh, ten games away or whatever it is at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think like you know throughout the season they'll they'll be more normal. But for me, Christian Yelich is just I feel like he's on he's on a highlight every day. Just so is so is Bellinger. I get it. It's crazy, but. Man. I'm giving it to Yelich so far. It's really crazy. And it, it highlights something that we've talked about before. It highlights what the hell were the Marlins thinking? Could you imagine if this team had, had stayed together and these players would pan, would have panned out the way they're panning out right now? I know. It's like I almost want to give Marlins credit because they clearly had a plan that would have worked. If they blew it up. And, and they got nothing in return for these guys. Yeah. It's not like okay. they're. It's not like they're one of the top free agent markets. They're not the worst, but they're not the best either. Yeah, I know like, what you mean. And Oz- you, and what about Ozuna too? Ozuna's been killing it lately too. Yeah, man. And, and Ozuna, I understand that Ozuna's not like an elite talent, one of the top players in baseball, but he's not a guy that's going to kill you either. He's 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 going to win you a game or two. You know, throughout nah, the man. season. The, these are guys that you add to a lineup and they make you like that super team you know like he's a complimentary player he's a good yeah. one so it's like you said yeah they had they had a good thing over there man I, I i i it gives me hope that they know how to get back there well it's gonna it's take a, a while but yeah. it's gonna take a while but they know how to get back there the milwaukee Hopefully. brewers are the so current i would say that currently right now over the last 80 game stretch is you know i think that the best player in baseball is mike trout but currently christian yelich has taken over that mantle at least for now, yep. and he's getting paid uh, this season nine point seven five million dollars. 
He's signed with the Brewers until 2021, and then there's a team option, which clearly they're going to exercise. They're not going to let this guy walk away. He's going to make 12-5 next year, 14 million the year after that, and 15 million the year after that. So last season we were talking about how underpaid uh, Jose Ramirez is. This guy is like <laughs> was probably the most underpaid player in baseball. So they have themselves the the best player currently in baseball at a bargain price. Like you can't beat that shit. No, yeah, and, and by the time he gets to sign that contract, he's going to be, like, almost 30. So it's going to be interesting. Be yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because, like, we're looking at, I mean, if he continues, if he keeps this up or anything close to it, we're looking at Trout 2.0. So it's like, yeah. what what are they going to, what is MLB going to do for him when he when it's his turn to sign this contract? Or are they going to extend him now? Yeah, well, and by the with, time with he becomes. With, like, two a, years left. Yeah, you're right. And maybe they should. especially with Trout. Especially since the CBA is set to expire, I think, in 2021. So he'll be a free agent after the new CBA is agreed upon. Or who, I wonder, well, yeah, these guys get paid if they're on strike, I, I think. If they go on strike, he may not even get that, that money in the end. So he might screw. He might be screwed in the end. Who knows? I mean, he gets twenty. He has $26 million. Wait, no, yeah. that's more than that. I'm not adding that correctly. Yes, <laughs> to this day, <laughs> he has $26 million to his name. So he's not going to he's not gonna die, but... <laughs> in, in the scheme of things <laughs> yeah yeah i got you i got you man. i got you, you know what i'm talking about all right <laughs> <laughs> all right ct i wanted to give some time to this recent report that came out in the miami new times last week by a uh, reporter uh what's his name ianelli of the miami new new times he came out with a story that it turns out that tony bosch and his father pedro bosch are still in business. Um, they are currently operating an anti-aging clinic in Miami, Florida, called Nuceria. Tony Bosch is listed as the the founder, and his co-founders, Michael Junko, and there's a woman in there too. I can't remember what her name is. Samantha something um, mm-hmm. are listed as well. And it turns out that this reporter found out that Tony Bosch is a founder of this clinic and that one of his clients is Antonio Brown. And the way that he found out is because Antonio Brown posted a video on Instagram of himself working out with a a teammate of his. And off to the side was this guy, Michael Junko, who's a co-founder of Nuceria. And then he delved in deeper and he found that in Nuceria's Instagram that, that Antonio Brown and Michael Junko later on in that same session started working out together. They were tossing the medicine ball at each other. Yeah. Um, and then Antonio Brown's spokesperson came out with a lame-ass excuse that Michael Junko just so happened to be at the same gym that he was in and that he was just playing with him. He doesn't know who he is. It's a crock of shit. You don't just all of a sudden, this guy's not just hanging out in your workout session off to the side and all of a sudden you say, hey, Mike. Stand, you know, why don't you let me throw a pass at you or whatever? You don't just say that to any random person. How do you even know this guy's name to begin with? And most yeah. importantly, why the fuck is Tony Bosch back in business <laughs> doing the same thing? Like, I'm not, I mean, at this point, I'm just convinced that, like, in the celebrity world, you hit a certain point and everybody is involved in some illegal shit because there's money in that. You know, Tony yeah. Bosch was making all this money. Why would he quit? But, but he, why are they allowing he, this guy to operate anti-aging clinics? He operated so the Manny Ma- I, Ramirez story happened, and it gets washed away by Michael Jackson's death. Biogenesis explodes. He goes to jail. 
and apparently, according to that story, he filed the papers to, to run this this operation while in prison. Like, why is yeah, he? You know what I mean? Like, if you're if you're a police officer and you shoot somebody unjustifiably, you get your badge taken away. You don't get to do the same job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but didn't we? I mean, he only got busted because Porter Fisher got his hands on on evidence. But had that never happened, you know what? Why would he have? St- he was injecting kids, so it's like I'm not. You're right. How is he allowed to do this? Well, I think it's because he probably has a very good legal team now, maybe, and he has the money to pay off the right people to keep it under wraps. I, it's just illegal shit going on anywhere. Like I'm just, I'm not surprised that he's he's continued to do this as long as there's money to be made. If there's a, if there's a, uh, a, a group of people that want your product, you you'll find a way to do it. You know, that's yeah. that's like the least Whoa. thing that I expect from him. And you have to you have to wonder. I agree. I agree that that players and athletes who are millionaires, by the way, are going to find a way to gain an advantage. And I and I said this to Porter. I don't know if I said this during the interview or if it was in a a side conversation. I said to him, in all honesty, if you want my honest opinion about performance enhancing drugs, I think that players should be allowed to take it as long as they're under the supervision of a professional doctor. The league knows about it. Everybody's everybody's aware. Because what we're doing right now is, is not working either. We don't know who's juicing. We don't know who's not juicing. We're, you know, we're singling out specific players when at the same time, in that same interview with Porter Fisher, he acknowledged to us that there were other players on that list. So yeah. why is Alex Rodriguez being singled out? Why is Ryan Brown, Braun being singled out? And the other 13 players, Bartolo Colon, there's other players involved. Everybody's juicing. In my mind... Yeah. You're you're juicing. You're ch- everybody's cheating. So at the end of the day, it's a leveled playing field. So um, I just think that I don't know. Yeah, I just think that everything in sports now it's gotten so big that you can pretty much question everything. Like I think everything just comes down to money. That comes down to the refs, to the umpires, to these betting things that are going on now that are being legalized. Like I literally think that. As long as there's a profit to be made, you're going to squeeze everything out. Why are these players taking performance-enhancing drugs? Well, because it's going to equal to a bigger contract in the end. And I don't think it stops there. I literally do think that officials in sports, I mean, how many times are we going to see these ridiculous calls in, in any major sport that you like where the refs are blowing the game in one way or the other? You know, I just think it's all related to the dollar sign. Then at the then, then we have to stop bitching when a player gets caught because... Yeah, honestly. No, I that's why I, I, like, I don't... We know the MLB does shady shit, you know? Who knows? They have, like, a whole army of legal teams to, to fight shit like that. They, well, they I mean, sweep things under the rug when, yep. when things go bad. So it's like, honestly, I, I, if, if I feel like these players, it's literally like the players versus the league. The players want more money because the league is making more money. The league doesn't want to give them more money. I don't know. It's, it's, this is, it's, this it's is a mess. Where- it all comes down to money, though. Yeah, and this is where where I like I get baffled, and this is the point that I was trying to make before, and then I got lost. Is you're millionaire players, and you're you know with Alex Rodriguez going to Tony Bosch to ask him to give him the Manny Ramirez treatment or or whatever. Manny Ramirez, who was caught by the way, even though it was his own fault, he still got caught. Um, and you're gonna go to the same doctor to ask for the same shit. Then you get caught, and it becomes it blows up into one of the biggest scandals in Major League Baseball. And now, 
you have a player in the NFL going back to that same guy who has gotten caught two times before. Like, you have millions of... You can't find somebody else who's going to do this for you? Well, the, the thing is, isn't... <laughs> this, this is what I was trying to say before. Isn't everything... Antonio Brown goes into the office to meet Tony Bosch. But once he sets foot in that office, we don't know who he sees. That's all classified information. Yeah. So, But, but we, that's can what, assume, that's, we can assume, based on Tony Bosch's history... Yeah. That some can, shady we, shit is going down in there. Oh, yeah. We can assume that this is... Obviously, we're not dumb. That's probably exactly what's happening. But there's no... As long as there's no, like, hard, concrete evidence like what Porter Fisher got his hands on in, in, the, in that whole biogenesis scandal, they can pretty much do anything they want. You know? They, they can get away with anything they want. He can go into that facility. Tony Bosch's name could be in it. But there's probably, like, six other doctors that he, that he can say he's meeting. And once he's in there, he can say he's there for something else. But in that room where that where it takes place, you know, that's all patient information that's uh, protected by by yeah. yeah it's it's protected by the law. So it's like they can. Pre- I'm I'm not. I sw- I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I never thought that Tony Bosch stopped at any point while this was no, going no, no. on. Me neither. It it blows my mind that he's back in business. I don't think he should be allowed to to run uh anti-aging clinics given what he's done not because of the baseball players but because of you know injecting children and police officers and judges and shit like that um my point with this is is a why are players still going to this guy and b you know i don't i don't know what b is i think like, i, I think know. no i i okay so this is what i think i think as 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 big of an idiot as we think Tony Bosch is, he clearly has either either he has the best product or he's the one willing to do the most illegal shit to get you that product. Because remember, he was getting his shit on the black market, right? Yeah. So either Tony Bosch is freaking, uh, my God, Walter White. Walter White, yeah. From Breaking Bad. Yeah, either he's Walter White from Breaking Bad where he's giving you that 99.9 blue product of, he's, of meth. He's more like Gus. He's more like Gus for ring. He's like the the guy who yeah, gives maybe, you this shit. Okay, maybe he's Gus. And yeah, you're right. He has the guy that. What I'm saying is, eventually Walter White becomes Gus and more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either either Tony Bosch is like this, the only guy that's willing to stick his neck out and do all this illegal shit, as long as he's getting paid, or his product is that good. Because you're right. Why would a professional athlete whose life is under a microscope involve himself in such a thing? The only explanation I have is that Tony Bosch is doing something that other people aren't willing to do, and or so. he or or his notebooks have the correct dosages of, you know, uh, uh, testosterone that someone needs or, or whatever it is. Yeah. But there's a reason, man. There's a reason. I, I don't like to think that these guys are that dumb. You know, like yeah, I don't know, man. And then then what blows my mind more is that the story comes out in the Miami New Times. And I, I'm searching for it to see if anybody's talking about it. Nobody's really talking about it. Like it, it it's like, uh, it's like nobody yeah. gives a shit. No, and, not and with the, football players. And the problem is, it's not that nobody gives a shit because I just told you that I don't care that these guys are using performance enhancers. It's that you make a you. It's like selective. Uh, I don't know what the phrase is, but you're select. You like you're selective in who you want to criticize. But you let other people let go, uh, you know, get away with shit. Like, I don't want to continue be... to make A-Rod to be some sort of, you know, sacrificial lamb or some shit. Like, he's Jesus Christ. He's not. Like, he did some shady shit. He's 
He doesn't deserve like to be forgiven for the shit he did, throwing his players under the bus, this, this, and that. But when you look at when you look at when you look at the game that was being played at the time, he was being singled out. So why wouldn't he make a fool out of himself, pounding his chest, go on Mike Francesa's show to try to protect himself because he can't go out there and say, "Yes, I did this shit," but why are you singling me out? He, you know, he's protecting yeah. himself. So the only the only thing he can't say is, "Why should I serve a day of this of this sentence if there's other players on that list and we're not talking about them?" Like, what? This isn't fair. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it's like it's like it's like it's the way I look at it is that it's like the media. The media controls, or they try to, and I think because of social media now, it's not as easy to do. But basically, it's like they control everything. We like they 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 show us what they want to show us. So we start forming our opinions about certain things because of the media. I personally think that if you don't, and what I mean by play ball is like, you're going to bend over and let MLB just fuck you. Like my bad. That was really all good. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't a good thing to say in this podcast, but you're going to basically play by their rules or they're going to start this campaign against you. I think that's what happened with a rod. We when, remember over the summer when we interviewed that guy about Babe Ruth, how the whole, uh, press was out to make Babe Ruth look like a bad guy and stuff yep. when he really wasn't. That's that's what I think it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I lost my train of thought because and and I think I yelling. think that that it's the media's job to report on the on the information that they're given. So I can't really just blame the media, but it's the the people behind the scenes. And to me, the people behind the scenes, as much as I love baseball, is Major League Baseball. It's Rob Manfred and his office. And, yeah. you know, they knew exactly. And at the time, it was Bud Selig. They knew exactly what the fuck they were doing. And Bud Selig needed to yeah. clear his name. And Alex Rodriguez was his ticket to clearing his name. And somehow, yeah. the man got himself into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And he doesn't belong there because he allowed this shit to happen. And then when the yeah. shit hit the fan, you know, Alex Rodriguez was a scapegoat. I'm sorry, man. That doesn't fly. And now with with Rob Manfred, he's no better. I'm sorry, guys. Um, right. But these guys are corrupt, and and it's it's frustrating, man. It's really fucking frustrating. You ever just watch like you ever just watch these random athletes just cause drama out of nowhere, like the whole Antonio Brown thing. Antonio at the Brown end of the is season. a drama king. Drama queen, yeah. yeah. Do you ever do you ever think that this is just like? written in their contract somewhere like hey we're the nfl at some point we're gonna need you to just start acting crazy because we're gonna need to generate some buzz you're one of the most polarizing players in the league Mm -hmm. like do you ever think that's a thing because i just find it crazy how there's never a dull week in sports and yeah it's it's either it's either game related like something that happened in the sport or player related and it's always like the player versus the organization versus like I don't know. You know, it's 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 yeah. it's a repeat. It's every week is a repeat. So and Anto- Antonio Brown. What's funny about this whole thing is that Antonio Brown's personality kind of fits A Rod's personality a little bit. If you think of it, it he's does, a lightning yeah. rod, just like A Rod was. Like inserts himself into every story. He's like the league's villain, but he's amazing. You know, he's one of the best wide receivers he, in the NFL. He, um, but see, Antonio Brown became the villain this year in the you know after he started speaking out about all this stuff. This is what I'm saying. I never looked at Antonio Brown and thought like, ah, this fucking guy, like what a cocky asshole and, and all this stuff. Why am I cursing so much? But it's, he became that. And that's what I'm talking about. There's players that out of nowhere, just start doing all this random shit. Like Kawhi Leonard. Why did he take himself out of the season? 
was he that greedy that he wanted you know there's nothing wrong with that he wanted to protect his future but it was not in his character until out of nowhere you know or this dude uh from the from the sealers that sat out for the year Levon Bell, that was more of like a contract issue. I feel like he wasn't trying to cause drama. I feel like Antonio Brown went out of his way. Like he did interviews. Yeah, I know. But ben Roethlisberger under the, the bus. What did what did he sit out for? Because it's not, it's not like he got like this insane contract in the end. You know what it's I like, mean? It's like it, here's a, here's a random example I'm going to give you. And this is why I hate the NBA because the NBA is full of little things like this that I'm just convinced that it's being done on purpose. On the last game of the season. Anthony Davis wears a shirt that says that's all folks. Yeah. And then he shit say, like that. And he says shit that like somebody that. dressed him or something. Yeah. <laughs> shit shit like that is what I'm talking about. It's just random little things where someone can write a headline and make us engage and just debate and all this stuff. And it's unnecessary. It's just stupid. So I don't even know where I was. How do we what do we even talk about right now? I'm sorry, remember. Man. We were talking about New Syria and how baseball not baseball. How is it that Tony Bosch is allowed to Oh basically yeah. run the same kind of business and why do these athletes keep going to him yeah and to just sum everything up you're right i think everybody's on i think everybody's taking something but i think that they're taking something because there's just every aspect of the game that we're watching there's some shady shit going on like i just think everything is corrupt i just i'm convinced mm. that uh, the majority of what we're watching is corrupt even down to like the children that they stick in commercials to make us you know you know feel teary-eyed or whatever i don't know <laughs> well i think i think that you know and and okay so i don't want to i don't want to say that it's okay to take peds when i when i say that i don't care it's that these are grown ass men and we can't tell i'm sorry guys just because there's drug tests it doesn't mean and guys are not failing them or whatever. It doesn't mean that they're not juicing. A-Rod is your perfect example. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy yeah, Sosa. Failed. None of those guys ever failed a test. And if they and if there was an if there was enough of an advancement to game the system at that time, what do you think is going on now, man? You know what I'm saying? Like there's a no. way to cheat the system. And and the nature of sports is that you do whatever you need to do to gain an advantage and that's always been the case before the steroid era guys were taking greenies and um and you know there are reports of shit of of that like some guys didn't even like taking it because it made them feel too jittery give them too much energy and shit like that so why all of a sudden do we make a big deal out of this shit when in the past we couldn't give two two shits and now and now we're kind of back to that we're kind of to the point where we don't give two shits so i guess that my my frustration is and i'm sorry that i keep talking no no that's my bad. My frustration is is the selective outrage that we keep seeing from the media, from Major League Baseball, and from their fans. I don't think anybody gives a shit about these performance enhancers. I think that everybody's just you're looking for a character to assassinate, and at that time, Alex Rodriguez was that character that you wanted to kill. You wanted to sh- you wanted to to shoot down, and I think that today, you know, I don't know who it is today. Who's the, who's the player that people hate? Is it Antonio uh, Brown? No, I would say it's like, oh, I thought we were talking about, if I had to say baseball, Machado and Harper, probably. Yeah, Machado Machado and Harper. In football, Antonio Brown's a good one because he, Antonio Brown's a good one for people to hate on because he started throwing his teammates under the bus, you know, like, but not, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that you're with that organization for six years. I don't know how, I don't know that much about his career, but you're with that team for all those years and out of nowhere, you just start ripping the team for all this random shit after they made you like 
or at least you you performed as a Hall of Fame type of player on that team. I don't know. That's yeah, that's football. Uh, in baseball, I'm just gonna say this. You're right. If if these guys in the '90s and early 2000s were getting away with it, like I am, I I have to believe that today. Not only is the not only is the method cleaner, but you're not getting the bloated bodies that you would have gotten in the nineties. You're instead gonna just get the you're just gonna get that denser muscle or whatever. And if you notice, every year we we have to and this is the media again, because I, I also don't believe this hundred percent, but every year we talk about athletes pushing the limits and becoming bigger and stronger and faster. I swear to I really don't believe I don't buy into that hundred percent. Mm-hmm. If they want us to believe that 90% of the athletes now are that much more advanced than 10, 10 years ago. No, I don't believe it. I would say maybe like 5%. And I'm talking about guys like Aaron Judge. But again, with those athletes that are bigger, stronger, and faster, what's happening? More injuries. Uh, you know, and more injuries is the only argument I had to add to that. That's like the, <laughs> one, the one thing. <laughs> injuries were tied to steroids all those years. So, like, I think there's some connection there. You know, I don't know. And I again, know, I don't think I don't think humans are meant to throw 104 like Jordan Hicks back to back to back no, to back man. pitches. I don't think no. they were meant to do that. So, and by I the way, I do think there is some performance enhancing going on. You know, I, I do too. And by the way, there's a legal way that you can do it in Major League Base uh, Baseball. You can get a and and every sport you can get a therapeutic um, exemption, which th- then they'll allow you in certain instances to take insulin, to take testosterone, things like that. There have been rumors out there. I don't want to throw people under the bus or anything that certain players do have therapeutic exceptions uh, or whatever they're called exemptions and that they are, are, you know, considered some of the greatest players of all time. Hint, hint. Um, Okay, we should definitely we should definitely talk about what you're describing. You're describing that there's a loophole. That kind of, that came out weird out of my mouth. Yeah, and Alex. Hole. By the way, if you look this up, Alex Rodriguez used that loophole. Maybe, maybe, or maybe he actually needed what they give him the ex- exemption for when he was when he played. And we're this is going to be a long ass episode. But we're going to keep going. Um, okay. He got an exemption. I believe it was for testosterone. So there was a point where he was allowed to use it per baseball. But again, why do we know that Alex Rodriguez was on that list? You know who. Why, why, why haven't have we heard anything from you mentioned Jordan Hicks throwing 104 miles an hour? Does he have a therapeutic exemption? Does Mike Trout? Does Christian yet? Like, you know, I understand there's HIPAA laws and you're not supposed to expose these things. But this is what I'm talking about with the selective outreach. How did we find out that A-Rod had it? But we yeah. can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's leaking this shit? <laughs> like, how am I hearing these rumors? <laughs> that that's, I don't know, but... It- if you if you let everybody take it, I mean, I mean control though, like control it. Don't let these That's guys what I'm saying. control it, kill yeah. themselves. But if everybody took it, wouldn't we still look at the best product out there? And especially in Major League Baseball, where you're playing 162 games. The thing, yeah. the thing with with steroids is, guys, if you looked at my body, I don't take steroids. You would you would see that from the moment you saw me. I don't remember <laughs> the last time I lifted a pair of weights. I'm out of shape. But if you if you inject yourself with steroids it doesn't mean that it's going to work like popeye like you just pop the can of spinach and you got all these muscles all of a sudden that's not how it works you know it it involves working out every day it involves staying on a on a good diet and you know what else it does it makes you perform at a better level isn't that what we want to see so as long as it's done on, in a responsible way 
and it's seen and it's overseen by a doctor and perhaps you need to get approved by major league baseball then allow it to happen and just stop cut the bullshit already yeah this whole thing is just so complicated i don't even know where i stand in the whole thing anymore all i know is that i'm good with a-rod taking it i'm good with barry bonds <laughs> taking it i'm probably good with the best player in baseball today taking it if the best player in baseball came out today and said yeah i was on steroids this whole time i'm good with that but I don't know how far that goes. If I find out that everybody was taking it, then I might be like, damn, I really did not stand a chance because I didn't take steroids yeah. is how I'm looking at it. And that and that can do a lot to a kid. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'll agree with that. So I really this whole thing is it's a fucking mess. I don't know where I stand in it. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the money money has ruined everything is yeah. what I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah. So, you know. I just I just want baseball and professional sports to cut the bullshit. That's all, you know. And um and I think that I I understand HIPAA laws and shit like that, but if a player has to take something for some reason, you know, you make millions of dollars, maybe it needs to be put out there. Maybe that should be like on your stat sheet or some shit. I don't know. We know everything else about these players. Yeah. You know, we know every split under the sun, how they play when it's drizzling outside or or when a fan in the first row is wearing a black shirt, you know every freaking split under the sun. So why not let you know inform us on this? Just cut the bullshit. That's all. Yeah. Yep. Wow. What an I, episode. I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to go for the two hours or? I don't know if I can. Man. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I need to start with sitting on a pillow. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm starting to. My face is leaning on the microphone. You know. You know. Like yeah. Kind of like I'm dying a slow death. And my. <laughs> and. <laughs> And and I'm sitting in a leather chair and my legs are stuck to it, so I'm afraid when I have to stand up from this chair, it's gonna be a situation. Yeah, come come June is gonna be kind of rough to do these episodes because my room is hot. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's let's sign off, Mr. CT. Uh, the Welcome to the Show podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Welcome to the Show to get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com forward slash Welcome to the Show. And for more exclusive deals like 10% off of KD Custom Kicks, 10% off of Top Velocity, uh, to try Hymns for $5 for the first month, go to wttspod.com forward slash save. That's wttspod.com forward slash save. Don't forget that on Thursday, we have Nick Francona on the show. And our music is by VM Varga and Rapternal Music. Artwork is by Luigi Gomez. I'm Manny Gomez. Peace. He's out. <laughs> <laughs>